From San Diego, California, this is a One Extraordinary Marriage Show. We're being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DiLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call or text us on the Hug Hotline at 858-876-5663 or send us an email to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. In today's show, we're talking about what the two of you can do to rebuild trust after it has been broken. And as we start today's show, I want you to listen to this quote from Doe Zantamata that says, rebuilding trust when it has been broken is not dependent only on the person who has broken the trust or how many times they can prove they are honest. It depends on the person who has decided not to trust anymore. Though they may be totally justified in their decision not to trust, as long as they choose not to, the relationship has no hope of survival. When they decide to trust again, then hope is reborn. Mm, I love that. We're talking about all of that in today's show. But first, we start each and every One Extraordinary Marriage show with a hug. And a hug is an opportunity for you to hear from someone else in the One family, someone who's you know experienced breakthrough or transformation. And yeah. this hug actually comes from an email message that we received from a couple that was just at the San Diego Dream Again Marriage Conference. Mm-hmm. So excited about this. It said, we had such an amazing and beautiful time at your conference. I loved that I got to experience this with, in all capital letters, with my husband. I listen to your podcast and read a lot of books about marriage on my own, but this was different because I had my husband by my side. I loved learning with him by my side. Thank you for all the words of wisdom and for your genuine love and passion for what you do. We are very excited about this next chapter in our lives. Oh, I love it. And we had such an amazing time with the One Family here in San Diego at the One Marriage Conference. Hey, if you want to jump on to one of the conferences, go to oneliveevents.com. That is going to continuously be updated on where we're at, what we're doing. We're constantly trying to add new places to it. So just go there, oneliveevents.com, and we'll keep you guys informed on when the next ones are coming up. Absolutely. And you know, Trust is one of those, it's one of those words, it's one of those topics that comes up in a lot of different shows. I mean, we've done almost 600 shows now and there have been elements of trust in so many of them. But coming out of the conference Mm -hmm. this past week in San Diego, we realized that we needed to, we needed to address rebuilding trust Mm -hmm. because it is one of those things that, that when it gets broken, you just get into this place and you're like, how do we put it back together? Yeah. Right. What does that look like? And y'all know that I do like to define words so that we're playing on the same field um, and, and we're using the same definition. And so as we start, trust is a firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. Mm-hmm. So when trust is broken in your marriage, you no longer have that firm belief that firm strength and reliability in your spouse or in your marriage. And that's, that's where it gets, things get shaky, right? Because it's not firm anymore because it's been broken and trust can be broken in so many different ways. And we addressed a lot of this in our book, trust factor, Mm -hmm. but just some of those ways that trust can be broken, uh, you know, not telling the truth. And I'm going to say, it doesn't matter if it's a little white lie or a big old hunkin' whopper of a lie. And I think that goes, that's true for all of the intimacies, 
mm-hmm. not telling the truth when it comes to your emotional intimacy, not telling the truth when it comes to your spiritual intimacy, not telling the truth when it comes to your financial or your sexual intimacy. Each one of those, mm-hmm. we can we can lose the trust of our spouse by the little things we say and do or the big things we say and do. Absolutely. I mean, there are, you know, there's broken trust as a result of physical affairs or emotional affairs. You know, Tony just mentioned a second ago, finances, right? Your financial intimacy when there's financial infidelity. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a real thing. You can have financial infidelity. You can break trust when you start confiding in friends or family, you know, taking your marriage and the intimate details of it outside of the two of you or, or you know, choosing not to engage in your marriage, that breaks trust. I mean, there are so many different ways and that's just like a short, you know, short list of how it can be broken. But when that happens, when that trust is broken, there's, there's a weakness in your marriage. There, there, there's this place of, of, uh, gosh, it's just, it's so visual. It's like, it's like having a fault line. We Mm -hmm. live in California. And so fault lines are a very real thing here. And sometimes, the, you know, like from, you know, if you were just walking, you wouldn't necessarily know that you were walking over a fault line. But when you look at it from space and, you know, they show those, those images of, you know, the fault lines, they're huge. Or when they show the, the geographic representations of it, they go deep. And that's really what happens when trust is broken. And we know because we've experienced broken trust in our own marriage. We've been married 23 years, over 23 years now. And we have not gotten to this place without you know, breaches of trust. I, I wish I could say that, you know, we've never hurt each other. We've never broken trust in all of this time, but that would be lying. Mm-hmm. And, and as we told everybody on stage in San Diego, we will never get in front of you. We will never get behind these mics and lie to you and, and come across as perfect or having figured it all out. And, you know, there have been times when that trust in our own marriage, you know, when, uh, when I've broken it by, by sharing things intimately about what's going on with, uh, with me and Tony in violation of his trust, right? Thinking that I was fully justified, kind of like that quote said at the the top of the show, fully justified because I was hurt or offended and I'm like, you know, rising up on my high horse. But that continued to break the trust as I was bad-mouthing my husband to other people. Yeah. You know, it, it, it that doesn't that doesn't exist in a vacuum. Right. Those types of broken trust. Neither does, you know, financial infidelity like we talked about. I mean, we have shows where I have shared, you know what, at Christmas time, I thought nothing of it years and years ago of just spending and spending and spending and spending lots of zeros there until we had to do our cash flow plan for the following month. And like I couldn't hide it anymore. Mm-hmm. And the gifts had already been given. So there was no way to like get that back. But I broke Tony's trust by not honoring our, our finances. Yeah. And I did it years ago in our marriage and, and, and recently in, in other areas. But the big one for me was looking at pornography mm-hmm. and, and lying to Elisa in ways that I never thought I would ever do. Hiding the viewing of it, trying to, you know, clear the cash or, you know, swipe things off my computer. This is back in the day. I didn't have it on my phone back then because we didn't have our smartphones. But I remember the things that I was doing to hide what I was looking at. So she couldn't have a paper trail or find something from me. And then if she would ask, I would blatantly tell her, no, there's no problem. And yet maybe 30 minutes, 45 minutes earlier, I was viewing it and masturbating to it. And so 
coming out of that, I had to rebuild the trust that I had broken around this intimate sexual intimacy because I was really, I mean, we don't see it, I don't think, in the moment as a like a physical affair. Mm-hmm. And yet, it really is. You're doing something without your spouse. And we get the emails and the direct messages and the Facebook messages of spouses who find out that their spouse has been viewing pornography and the hurt and the pain and even sometimes trauma. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it, I would say is, I don't know if I can ever trust my spouse again. Mm-hmm. And so that I would say is is a big one for me in my life. More recently, I think it's it's not as it's not as like impactful as that, but it still breaks trust. Is when you say something and you're committed to doing something. I would say I'm committed to doing something, and then I don't do it. I I don't follow through in my actions on what I told Elise I was going to do. And that breaks, it's not a huge break, but it is something that has to be mended and we have to talk and discuss and rebuild it so it doesn't happen again. Absolutely. And I think you bring up a really good point there that, you know, so many times when we think about broken trust in marriage, we're thinking, what are the the cataclysmic things? What are the, you know, earth shattering? Oh my gosh, there's been infidelity or, oh my gosh, you just spent, you know, tens of thousands of dollars buying a boat or a car mm-hmm. or whatever. And you didn't tell me about it. And those big things absolutely do break trust. Absolutely. But it's interesting, you know, there's that phrase, um, death by a thousand paper cuts. Yeah. And that's, as I was preparing the show, that's what kept coming to me that, that it's not so much all of the big things because those are, but those are like, you know, tangible. You can almost put your hands around the big stuff. It's all the little things, all the little paper cuts that show up in a marriage that over time erode the trust that over time have the two of you or one of you questioning like, gosh, I just don't feel like I can trust him or her. Or I, I, what's going on between the two of us? I just feel, I feel disconnected. And the truth of the matter is, is that rebuilding trust, it's a two person game right? Or a two person strategy. It's not a one person, like, you know, the quote said at the beginning, it's not the person only rests on the shoulder of the person who broke the trust. Because those of us that have been on the receiving end of broken trust are so quick to go, you know what, you need to fix this. Mm -hmm. This is, you did this, you need to fix it. The reality is, and we've seen this play out in our own marriage, that it does take engagement from two. And and it may be, what we, what our hashtag was a couple of years ago, what can I do? Mm-hmm. So for the person who broke the trust, what can I do to begin rebuilding? And to the one who has had the breach happened upon them where the trust was broken, what can I do? What can I do to re-engage my spouse? What can I do so that we don't have to walk through this again? Well, you know, it, it comes from both ways and it may look a little different. Mm-hmm. There's going to be stuff I think that will both of you need to be working together on. And yet there are areas, which we're going to be d- talking about, that each of you are doing separately to grow and rebuild that trust. Absolutely. And, you know, it starts anytime that there's been something that's broken, in, in a relationship or, or, you know, between two people, it starts with, you know, getting really radical and looking at the person in the mirror, mm-hmm. right? What is my role in this? And I know some of you are like, yeah, but Lisa, you don't know what my spouse has done. It is on them. What I would say to that is I have been coaching 
people for, you know, gosh, probably seven or eight years now. I've been married to Tony for 23 years. It is never 100% one person's fault. So we have to get into this place where we're looking at ourselves and we're looking at what can, what, what have I done to contribute to this? And then moving to this place of saying, okay, well, what do I need to move forward? So what do you need to move forward? You got to start with resourcing yourself. So many times we get ourselves into trouble when it comes to issues of trust because of the fact that we think we have to do it all by ourselves. We think that, you know what, if I'm married to this person, then then I should know them and I should be able to figure this out. The truth of the matter is, is that to rebuild trust, you have got to resource yourselves. Mm -hmm. You've got to find just like the hug. You've got to find the podcast. You're already listening to a great one. Just you know, got to say it. Uh, You got to find the podcast. You got to find the books. You got to find the mentors. You got to find the coaches. You got to find the people that are going to help you walk through this. Because for so many of you, you got into the place of broken trust because you were trying to do everything on your own. Right? So so you've got to shift. You've got to get a mindset shift there that you don't have to do this by yourself. The third thing that you have to do is you have to get real. You got to get real. You got to get to this place where the masks are going to come off. Mm-hmm. If you want trust to be restored in your marriage, then, then all the lies, all the secrets, all the half-truths, if I can go there, because a lot of half-truths come out because you don't want to hurt the person. And so you're like, well, I'm just going to kind of sort of kind of maybe tell you what happened. Mm. Yeah. And you feel, you feel good about it because you're like, well, I'm kind of mostly sort of kind of telling them the truth. But the fact of the matter is, is that until it all comes off and you're walking in this place of being real and you're, you're looking at the elephant in your room and you're calling it an elephant, it's not that lump in the rug. It is actually an elephant that needs to be addressed, that needs to be handled, that needs to be resourced so that the two of you can walk into this place of going, okay, what does our next chapter look like? Something about this, though, because <laughs> I think we need to get real. And yet, I think there's a point, and, and I'm going to say from a, let's look at this from a physical um, infidelity, okay. a broken trust there. Your spouse tells you, your spouse has gone the gall to go, I've been going down this road mm-hmm. and no more. Mm-hmm. As a spouse, do not ask for every single little yes. detail, every little piece of, a, of what happened, because once that comes out, you can never get that out of your mind. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the details of what happened are going to help you rebuild the trust. It may give you more information and yet it could also be detrimental to you and to your marriage. And so when we do get real, do realize that your spouse who's come up to you and has told you they've been in a physical affair, maybe an emotional affair, that you don't have to pry them and, and dig deep. Well, well, did she do it like this? Or did he do this to you? Or did, did, did. All, that, all that other information doesn't help you. Mm-hmm. We've seen it happen too many times. What you need to understand is that they've come to you. You're hurt. We, we totally get it. We've, we've been there and have felt that ourselves. The extra information 
does you no good. Mm-hmm. So it, it, we have to understand, and I'm not, it, it's a fine line. I, I really do believe this is a fine line. And yet I've seen it be more hurtful and detrimental to couples to go into detail of all that information than to just go, I've been having an emotional affair. Mm-hmm. I think Tony's been, you know, standing outside the office during my coaching calls because word for word, I have said that to some of my coaching clients, like, you know, enough, it's not going to help you. It doesn't change the circumstances. And so we have to, you said it so beautifully, you know, you know, the details, you don't know the nitty gritty. Nitty gritty does not help anyone. It's like sandpaper, right? At that right. point in time, it just becomes sandpaper. And, and as you're walking through this, you know, one of the most, one of the most significant steps in this process of rebuilding trust is you actually have to, you know, especially for the person that has been on the receiving end of broken trust, they need to hear, your spouse needs to hear you apologize mm-hmm. and, and truly show remorse, we can be so quick and we learn this from an early age, right? You know, like little kids, you watch them, they do something to another kid or they take a toy or whatever. And mommy and daddy will say, you need to say you're sorry. And so they'll just look at the little kid and they'll be like, I'm sorry. It's a little bit snide, a little bit snarky. And you know, they're only doing it because somebody told them to say it. Mm -hmm. And interestingly enough, and you guys have heard me say this before, sometimes we adults are just big kids and that's how we apologize. Like, I'm sorry, but or I'm sorry. And, and there's no, there's no remorse behind it. And don't forget you're bringing up something and you've had this conversation in your own mind. You may have had, you've may even spoken this conversation out a hundred times, 200 times. When you drop something like this of broken trust on your spouse, it's their first time. Mm-hmm. And so even in that moment, if you say, I'm sorry, they may not even catch it. They may not even realize it because they are stuck in a, a whirlwind of like, what just hit me? Mm-hmm. And so you having to say, I'm sorry, or apologize may even have to happen multiple times. Maybe even in that first conversation, it may have to come afterwards in a form of a letter. It may have to come afterwards in form of you just doing a, a, a voice message to them so that way they can they can allow that to sink in, but it better be remorseful. Mm-hmm. I, I'm telling you, there's nothing more frustrating than hearing an apology that is just like, I'm sorry, deal with it. Believe me, that is not going to allow you guys to rebuild the trust in your marriage. You have to put your ego aside. You have to put aside everything that you think you are and you need to come to your spouse in remorse and just be like, I screwed up. Mm-hmm. I will say even in the breaking of trust, you can rebuild. Elisa and I and many others in the one family are, are products of that. Mm-hmm. But I will have to say I've done this. I've done this one poorly. I've done this one poorly where I've dropped some things on Elisa before and I was just like, I'm sorry, get over it. Not the best way to do that. And I've learned over time that that's not how you go about this. There may be many conversations. There may be, you may even need to get a third party in between you guys to help facilitate 
that apology and allow you guys to rebuild. So if you're looking at doing some coaching, you can check out coaching with Elisa. That's at one slash coaching. And just because we, we camped on this place of remorse for just a little bit, I do want to give the definition of remorse because yes, I think it's please. one of those words. I, I know it's so weird that I would do two definitions in the same show. Let's do it. But but I think it's important because it it signifies just how much weight this action carries. And so the definition of remorse is deep regret or guilt for a wrong committed. Mm-hmm. It's regret. Like you're owning the fact that you made a mistake and, and that you're not you're not pleased with yourself, mm-hmm. right? You're taking the personal accountability for this. And this is really where things start to shift for people because rebuilding trust, I, I wish it was all like just, you know, turning on the light switch or turning it off. Like you just flick a switch and it's all better. It's not, it's a journey. And, and sometimes it's a long journey and it has a lot of different steps. But this action here of apologizing and truly being regretful for the choices that you made, not trying to justify Like you notice it did not say, you know, and justification of your actions, right? Because when you start to justify when you're like, well, but I did it because of this, then you get into this place where your spouse is like, yeah, I don't think you're really sorry. Mm -hmm. But when they start to see the remorse, when they hear your words, when they see your actions, that's when, that's when the shift happens, right? We, We talk about this in so many different places. Where can we create the shift in our marriage? And when you get into this place of saying, okay, you know what? Yeah, this was an epic screw up. Or maybe it wasn't even epic. This was just a screw up, right? Like Tony said earlier, you know, if I tell Lisa I'm going to do something and I don't do it, that's a screw up, right? But can you, can you learn from that and say, okay, here's what I'm going to do differently. That's part of that remorse product project or uh, process is to say, okay, you know what? I get it. I did this. I understand that I hurt you. Here's what I'm going to do differently. Right. Don't don't just stop at the the apology because it's those actions that come after that start to transform your marriage. And I just want to bring up First Corinthians 13, 4 through 7, because mm-hmm. th- this is that love is patient verse. And this can transform us because a lot of times we want we want this period to just be over quickly for the one who committed the breach we want it we want it to just be done like that's what that was me when when i committed these breaches i was the one who was always like it, it's all good elisa let's just move on it, it's good and yet it says love is patient love is kind it does not envy it does not boast it, it is not proud but then it comes into verse 6 and 7 it says love does not delight in evil but rejoices with truth mm. it always protects always trusts always hopes always perseveres and sometimes what we've had to do in our own marriage is we take love and we put our name in there or we put our spouse's name in there, you know, to be, to have that reminder of we, as we go through this process of having to, you know, say, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, as we're rounding out this process, the final step is to remember that you are not alone. I can't tell you over the last 10 years that we've been doing the One Extraordinary Marriage show how many messages, Facebook, Instagram, email, voicemails, whatever, you name it, how many hundreds of stories we have heard from husbands and wives who have cried out for help because the trust in their marriage has been broken. Mm -hmm. It, It happens literally daily. 
But I also want to share with you how many hundreds of emails we receive where trust has been restored. Where because couples know they're not alone, because you know what, it sucks that this has happened to another couple, but you hear it in a story or you connect with someone and you're like, you know what, we can walk through this. We, we can walk through this and we're going to commit to this journey because the two of you are not rebuilding trust in a vacuum. Mm-mm. It's why you're listening to this show today. It's because you needed that life preserver thrown to you. It's because you're wondering, oh my gosh, can we do this? And the fact of the matter is, is that when the two of you step into this journey, you can do this. Mm-hmm. There is hope for restoring trust. We've seen it. We've seen it, you know, in terms of emotional affairs, physical affairs, financial infidelity, lies, all of those types of things where those behaviors have been reversed and restoration has come to a marriage. And like I said, a few minutes ago, there is no light switch on this. There's no magic wand. There's no magic fairy dust that, you know, you sprinkle three times, you know, before sunrise and suddenly your marriage is restored and the trust is whole again. I wish, but that doesn't exist. The fact of the matter is that it takes energy and it takes effort and it takes community so that the two of you don't carry this burden alone. That's why we tell you, you are not alone. It's mm-hmm. why we get behind these microphones. It's why, you know, we have the position of the month club and the summit partners who get together and support one another when these types of things happen. It's why we do the conferences so that you all can sit there and learn and take in and connect with other people to go, oh my gosh. Well, like your marriage sounds like my marriage mm-hmm. or we're walking through the same thing or we've been married the same amount of time. Why? Because there's such an attack on marriage right now and this idea of isolation. And if you think that you're the only one going through it, then you wonder, can we get through it? But there's a reason we refer to you all as the one family. That's right. There is a reason that we say, love you guys at the end of every show. It's to remind you that you are part of something so much bigger than the two of you, that no matter what storm you're facing, no matter how the trust has been broken in your marriage, that you understand that together we get through this, that you don't have to shoulder this all by yourself, that you don't have to cry tears all by yourself, that you don't have to, you know, just grin and bear it. But as part of this family that's learning how to do marriage well, You do have the hope of tomorrow. You do have the hope of restoration. You do have the hope of looking at your marriage and saying, you know what? We are extraordinary. That's right. We've done this. Yes, this is part of our story. Tony and I have so many broken trust issues in our story. They're in the past. They don't get purchased. They don't get placed in the future or in the present. And that's our desire for each and every one of you. Yeah. Hey, here you go. You're going to be start rebuilding trust. We know it's going to take some time and yet one step at a time, baby steps, get, start taking those because once you do the freedom begins to come into vision, right? The, the, the chains fall off. You, you, you get to have your breakthrough, but you got to start. If you want more on this, don't hesitate. Pick up our book, the trust factor. You can check that out at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash trustfactor, and it'll give you everything you need to step into freedom and step into trusting one another again. We love you guys. We're excited to see you have freedom in this area to trust one another again in all areas of your intimacy, because we believe when you do that, when you do that, and you may have to do it many times and multiple times, it's okay, because you still have an extraordinary marriage. We love you guys. We can't wait to hear from you. Take care. We'll catch you next week. Love you guys.